here I am uh, uh, with the Rolling Toe Show, and my guest today is Mike Beckett, calling from home. Uh, yep. <laughs> this is Kevin Beckett and Mike Beckett, and uh, we. this is the, uh, I guess this is the last show of January of 2023 on the 26th, and we are happy to be on this for, what's this been, about seven, eight months? Yeah, something like that. After we resumed, after we got off of uh, XM yeah, Radio, so I think it was May. I'm not 100 percent sure. And then before XM uh, Radio, we were podcasting too. Yes, yes. There, anybody that uh, so we're recording this, so you need to be on your best behavior, Mike. But um, <clears throat> anybody who did listen to the earlier recordings uh, or is listening to one of these can access the older ones. So. That's nice. Yes, they're all available on your favorite podcast provider. Right. uh, This is also a call-in studio show, and we have a call-in number for people with uh, questions on alignment and tire wear and handling and some vibrations uh, and other alignment-related questions. 855-950-3835 is the number that you would call if you wanted to uh, ask any of those questions during the I show. Think the case, go ahead. I think we're going to expand our, our horizons a little bit, and we're going to add golf questions. Golf questions. I don't – neither one of us golf much. I mean – That doesn't, you that doesn't mean much. we can't talk about it. Sure. All right. Or uh, uh, let's see, dog questions you could probably ask too, but – not many of those either, because we really don't have much experience with dogs. We got a lot of bad experience. <laughs> They're not terrible dogs. We have the Jack and Russell show or Frank and Russell show going on outside of the studio right now. Um, are, they, as are they barking and howling? I heard some howling a little bit ago. Fortunately, with these headphones on, I can't really hear anything. <laughs> well, with your hearing aids where they are, you can't hear much anyway. Right. Well, I don't. I don't wear the hearing aids with the headset because they they interfere. So mm-hmm. I'm mostly I'm just barely hearing anything. Quite honestly, I'm mm-hmm. lucky to hear you. Probably. Yes, you are. <laughs> I had a uh, uh, there was a company that were. I just wanted to pass on some information. This is a little inside baseball. Uh, passing on some information uh, on a a company that we have sold equipment to. Um, You were off by 50% for how much uh, equipment we've sold to them over the years. How many? (laughs) Uh, 45. Well, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Since uh, And the earliest I could find was uh, uh, June of 2016. Oh, I thought it was 2015, so it's a year later than I thought. Well, I haven't, okay. I haven't found one for 2015. I don't know. all over the place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, but for the cost of 45 of those systems, mm-hmm. they couldn't have filled in more than two uh, uh, of our competition systems. <laughs> right. Right. So. Yep. Pretty fascinating. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. 
All right. Got a little talk there. Okay, so since there's no calls yet. No, there's a, there is a call. There is. There is. It just came in. But okay, uh, well, should we wait on you and your, I don't know, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking there, Mike? Well, my first l- golf thing. Okay. Oh, golf. All right. Okay. Now this is, this was a critique that was given to me after I was, I had hit the ball and the fellow with me was a very experienced golfer. And he says, I know what's wrong. I said, okay, what's wrong? He says, you're standing too close to the ball. Now I'm thinking, okay, when you get set up and you got the club in your hand and you line up with the ball, you could even too close to the ball, which inhibits your swing. You could be too far away from the ball, which means you're reaching out. Mm-hmm. And then he finished the question, the comment with after you hit the ball. After you hit the ball, you're too close to the ball. Right? Yeah, it's, that's, that's it's within reach. After <laughs> you hit the ball, that's a problem. It's still on the tee. <laughs> <laughs> or just playing right next to the tee. Right, right there, right there, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. The, the, right. best, so what the, the, the worst, I suppose, is when you hit the ball from the men's tee, and it does not reach the women's tee. And well, that's, that's not the that's worst. Feel I've, oh, I've no, really no, that's feel. not the worst. Oh, <laughs> the worst, it, one time I lined up and I swung and I was swinging for the fences, right? And I clipped the ball and it went between my legs. Wow, that's a nice clip. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, you healed it pretty bad. Yes, I just, just nicked it. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. We have uh, we have actually two here. Let's uh, start with the first one. This is Brad, I believe, and we'll find out what he has to say. Hello, maybe Brad. Yes, this is Brad. Yes. Uh, hey, I want to thank Mike again for. In- What's that? Oh, how's things going? Oh, good. I gotta thank Mike for answering the phone over the weekend when I decided to attempt to jack up the truck with the tie rod in, or the tie rod. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, he, was, he was going to jack up the truck. Instead of putting the jack under the axle, he put the jack under the tie rod. Ouch. That's the tie rod. I only, yeah. only a half an inch on him, half an right. inch off, and it was pulled out <laughs> about an eighth of an inch. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. I do believe I got it straightened out. Cool. Uh, I wanted to ask Always you again how... <laughs> can you tell me how to straighten that out? That out again? Well, how close, how close to the tie rod end joint is this bend? Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Oh, that's easy. Okay, so then what I do... Is, is I loosen the clamps on the tie rod and I turn the tie rod so that the bowed part is down. And then I turn one of the end joints so it's clamped tilted toward the front and the other one so it's clamped tilted toward the back so that the rod can't flip on me. And then I put the jack right underneath the bottom part of the bow and jack it up until it straightens out. Oh, so you just leave the tie rods in there and you just turn the rod a little bit. Right. Yeah. On each side and tighten it down. 
Right. Yeah. Now, how old is okay, the tire? I, rod? How old's the track? Uh, the truck's a '97, but the tie rod is less than a year old. Oh, okay. Yeah, you might want to keep it. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, keep it tense and jack up the middle of it and straighten it out. I was going to say, if it is older, you know, there's a chance once you've weakened it that it can bend again. But then you might need to strengthen the the whole tie rod. But at a year old, eh, eh, we should we, be able to get away with it. We've done that on dump trucks where they get out in the fields and they bend it, and then we straighten it and set the toe, and then they bend it again. And the second time they bend it, when we straighten it, we put a piece of angle iron on it and weld it on there to reinforce it. Right. Need reinforcement by then. Yep. Well, maybe we'll, we'll keep an eye on it after we straighten it. But... Well, yeah. keep an eye on the tires. They'll be a real indicator. Yes, they will be. It should be fine. Oh. Yeah, it should be fine. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome, buddy. All right. Thank you. Okay. There he is. I almost dropped you, Mike. Um, and we do have one more, and this is from uh, uh, somebody that has called a couple times, and he's got a question about axle oil. Oh, we don't know nothing about that, but we'll answer it anyway. <laughs> Hello, maybe Journey. How's it going? What's going on? We're okay. good. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, I keep getting different answers about how often I should change uh, the gear oil, you know, in the two pumpkins or the two axles. And now that, um, I really don't know anything about. Okay. But any oil, regardless of where it is, when it starts significantly changing color, or shows a significant amount of contamination of metal, it's time to change it. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the, the dealer was saying every 150,000 miles. But, I've, I mean, I've heard people say, no, about every 500,000 miles or so. Just, I've never heard of anybody changing it every 150,000. Yeah, that seemed excessive to me <laughs> as well. That's kind of like on my car. Every time I go in and they want to do an oil change every 3,000 miles, right. well, I open up the owner's manual and it says, oh, every six or 7,000 miles, unless you're a taxi cab doing stop and go driving all day, or you're driving out on dirt roads all the time where there's a lot of dust and stuff, then you need to change it every 3,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So depending on the abuse you're putting your axle through, if it's just rolling down the highway all day long, probably okay for quite a while. Yep. Okay. Right. Oil doesn't wear right. out. Oil gets contaminated. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty much right. the story. Perfect. All right. Hi, uh, buddy. All right. Thanks you. Thank you for the call. Thank you for calling. All Thank right. You. Yep. You too. <clears throat> oh, there was another one, but they are gone. Uh, well, you, calls, you almost dropped me. If you drop me, how high is the drop? How high is the drop? <laughs> it's it's conceptual, um, but it, it looks like about 12 inches from the level on the screen to the desk, if that helps. Okay. I can take a 12-inch drop. If it was 12 feet, I got a problem. Right, right, right. 
Now, just making sure, uh, is that all we've got is, is, uh, is golf, uh, concerns? Today? Well, no, I have, a, I have another, I have another story for you. Would you like a story? Would I like a story? Well, you could try yep. starting a story. My father-in-law, uh, he's passed on, <laughs> but he used to like to go hunting. Oh, and yes, he started he did. out hunting, and he'd hunt deer, and then they weren't much of a challenge. Then he went to the Rockies, and he started hunting elk, and then yep. that wasn't much of a challenge, and he went up to Canada with a bunch of his buddies, yes, and they did. got to a, an outfitter, and they rode horses back up into the mountains, and they set up a camp, and he said they had this this old lady that would go along with them and she'd cook and take care of the camp while they were out hunting. And I said, why did you take the old lady along? You guys are perfectly capable of doing that. And he says, well, when she starts looking good, we go home. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good take on it. Um, I also heard another story. I guess it was of him also. I know he was out there in the Yukon and, uh, he had to be flown to his site. And mm-hmm. where the, the plane would land on a, on an icy lake. And he, they, they bagged something like six moose and the two or three of them, the guys that were there with him. And they took it back to, down to the lake where the plane landed. The plane lands. And the guy says, I can't, I can't take all this weight. You're, you're going to, you're going to crash my plane. If you put all this weight on here. And, uh, uh your, your, your father-in-law said, well, that, that's just hooey because last year we did the same thing. We had the same amount of moose uh, on the same model plane. And, we, 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 you know, they took off just fine. He says, okay, well, you know, he's looking through it, doing the math, and, well, I just don't believe it, but I'll go ahead and try. So he, they threw all the moose in, and they took off, and they didn't get but 100 feet off the ground, and the thing started losing control, and they crashed into the side of the mountain, out there in the Yukon, and the pilot looks around and he says, where the hell are we? And your father-in-law says, well, I think we're about the same place we were last year. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So we do have questions coming in, hopefully with people that uh, have serious, serious questions. Uh, we'll That's start serious. with the one at the top, which is out of California, I think. Mike. Hello, guys. Hello, Mike. Hey, this, hey, this is Mike uh, Mercer. Yeah. yeah. So, so Mike, do you know what food reduces a woman's sex drive by ninety percent? Uh, wedding cake. Wedding cake. Good job. Well, you know all the good yeah, jokes. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> wedding cake. <laughs> okay. Hey, so, 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 so I, I, I punctured a tire on my trailer, and they had a real yeah. good, nice looking tire. And once they mounted yep. it up, it was smaller. A used tire, I could see that it was smaller. And I thought, well, yeah. Mr. Beckett says it's going to drag it and it's going to wear out. And I said, well, I'm going to see how smart he actually is. I'll go ahead and run it. So I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, looking at this good tire, it was maybe a, a half inch to three quarters of an inch smaller than the other one. You know, given three eighths mm-hmm. on the top, three eighths on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the one that was wore out was probably a good inch and a half smaller than the other one. So how many miles would you guess till this thing was showing cords? So maybe 5,000. Yeah, about about 2,500. It was all the way down the corner. 2,500. 
every time I stop and look at it, it was had all these little beads of rubber on it. And every time, when yep. thing, as the smaller it got, the faster it started to wear. Yep. Right. Yep. We were so, so. So that's good advice on that. Hey, and, and I got an interesting vibration question. I'm gonna hit you up with. Okay. So so I got one. Unplug that's made it. Un, un, unplug it, and it'll quit vibrating. Take the batteries out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got one that ARI big houses. It's real long wheelbase truck, you know, like three forty six. And yeah. uh, so here I'm cruising along in eleventh gear because we're running direct. But if I downshift this thing to ninth, man, it'll shake like crazy. I could downshift to eighth or go to tenth, and it doesn't shake at the same speed. But in one gear, this thing has a lot of vibration at the same speed as the other gears. So that one kind of throws hmm. me off. Okay, well, the question then is, at that speed, if you put it in neutral, does it vibrate? Haven't tried that. I've never thought about that with this automatic transmission. I don't know how it would oh, I don't know. feel about yeah, going I don't know back in the gear. That. Okay, I don't know if you could do that with automatic. That's too high tech for me. Um, yeah. It, it could be, since it doesn't vibrate in the higher gear and it doesn't vibrate in the lower gear, it only vibrates in the one gear, it could be telling you there's a problem in the transmission. Yeah. That's my okay. my suspicion. But well, what's interesting about that is so the splitter. So when you um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So that it would have to be ninth gear because the splitter on the back of the transmission would be like tenth. It's split down. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about yeah I don't know anything about that stuff. That's that's out of my realm. All I know is. If you put it in that gear that it vibrates in, and if you slow down a certain amount, it doesn't vibrate, right? If, yes, it, not as bad. It especially vibrates when I put my foot in it. If I if I run yeah. lightly in that gear, it's not bad. But once I put my foot in it, it's, uh, which, which, it's almost too which much. Which tells me that there's something in relationship to the way the power is traveling through that gear. It's got a problem. It might be a bearing that's going out. It might be a tooth that's bad. I, I don't know what it is, but it tells me there's something wrong in that gear. Okay. I copy on that. And and, and, okay. and, and that would make sense because, you know, um, because the drive lines turn the same speed if you shift up or shift down. Right. Correct. The same speed. And the clutch is turning the same speed. Well, the clutch has got to do a little different RPM, but but you can get to that same RPM and all the other gears and it doesn't do it. It's only right. in that gear that the problem. So the problem is in that gear in the gearbox. Right. That eighth and tenth work fine, but ninth vibrates. It, it, that pretty much narrows it down. Yeah, kind of does. Okay, guys. Well, I appreciate your show and, and, and maybe people don't call in because they want to listen to some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they were better jokes, I'd believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I think Kevin's cup is full of your jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, All right. Okay, guys. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. you Thanks too. for calling. Bye. All right. Now we do have three more calls. One is actually talking about tire pressure, which is alignment related. So let's go talk to them. Hello, White. White. 
Uh, it's not picking up. Why is it picking up? Hold on. Try it again. White. Hello. Hello, it's Mike. Hello. It's Mike. Um, Mike. Hi, Mike. Got What's me a new happening? Tire pre- got me a new tire pressure monitor. Handy dandy. Woo. All right. <laughs> Truck's in the shop. I'm like setting it. it all up. Put up 120 pounds in the steer tires. And yeah. now in the morning when I start it up, it's down to 112 because the temperature's 30 degrees. Yeah. Where do I need to have that 120 at? Is that good enough or not? First first thing in the morning, it needs to be 120. Right. Even if it's 30 degrees or 20 degrees out? or Especially. Yep. Especially yep. if it's cold out. So yep. i got to put some more first air thing in, in the morning. Though, yes. Even though yeah, it's at the- 130, 132 now going down the road? Oh, yeah. it, it can go up to 150, 160 when they're going down the road and that's 115 degrees out and you're doing 70 miles an hour. That's not the problem. But you need to start okay. at 120. Right. Okay. Right. There's a winter conversation to be had about this. The reason that we want the air pressure to be higher when it's cold is because you're not developing the heat that you would in the summer. So you're not getting as much air pressure built up in the tire. So if you start at a high number, then its operating pressure is appropriate. Okay, so I need to stick a little more air in them when it's cold. <laughs> yep. Yes. Sir. Well, I need to stick a little more in when it's hot too. Are you? But well, let's start with winter. Don't... Winter is terrible on tires, so yeah. keep the air in it. Okay. Well, have to air my... so Do we need to let some out then, like when it's cold no. or not? Then. No. No. I mean, I'm saying... one twenty. First if thing in the morning, whatever the temperature is, 120, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. if we get up to March or April when it's 70 or 80 degrees and it starts out at 128 or 9, should I let them out then? Your morning yeah. pressure should be 120. Yeah, yeah, okay. you don't want to start with a cold pressure that's above the rim uh, uh, max. Okay. You don't want to. I mean, it, it won't be a problem, but you still don't want to. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. You bet you, buddy. Now, as okay. an example of that, now let me let me let me just an example of that. Sure. Let's say the guy lives in by God Fargo, North Dakota. Yep. And the temperature is zero outside. And he makes sure he has hundred. Yeah, he makes sure he has one hundred and twenty psi in it. Mm-hmm. He leaves that day. He drives team Straight driving up. whatever he. He gets to Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. and the next morning he wakes up, and it's 80 degrees outside, and his tires say they got 135 PSI in them first thing in the morning. Let the air right. back down to 120 because it's right. your morning ambient temperature that you're trying to get done. Correct. Wait until it's ambient temperature. While you're driving in the middle of the day, and you don't have to stop and wait two hours for to get to the cold temperature and then set it. You can wait until you're done driving and then check your temperature yes. in the morning. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Now, here's another one. Talking about an alignment shop in Oklahoma, maybe. Hey, how are y'all doing? We're doing, We're doing all right. You? I'm great. I uh, looking at one of these days getting out of the truck, and I was kind of curious. Uh, thought I'd call in and ask uh, on the alignment shops when you do buy your equipment. 
How far do you have to be away from the nearest shop? No distance. We don't have, we don't do franchises. We sell equipment. Right. We provide training. Right. Everybody's got different customers to start. I mean, for all the equipment that we have out there, we're probably still not covering 2% of all the trucks that are driving. So don't right. be afraid yeah. to get in there. Okay. I, uh, I've got a mechanical background and I was looking at doing some other things, some tuning, some diagnostics, and, and I thought y'all's equipment would go right along with that, you know? Well, we would certainly agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And our customers need shops all over and Oklahoma is not exactly covered. If you look at the the shop locator map, not Um, covered hardly at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's our problem in our area is that mm-hmm. we deal with is nobody properly diagnoses these trucks. They, they right. come up with the most off the wall problems and they're just throwing parts at it. And I'm at the point where, uh, yeah, I know there's profit to be had in that. If you find the right customer that wants their equipment fixed, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it just blows my mind the amount of money and the time these people spend at other people throwing parts at their trucks when listening to you guys, listening to Pittsburgh Power and Kevin, uh, and doing all my own maintenance, uh, it's just amazing the amount of money these people spend, I guess, what I'm getting yeah. at. And I, I think a good shop uh, with some common sense would go a long ways in my area. Mm-hmm. That would. I agree. What, what I advise, though, is that you select the areas of diagnostic and work that you want to do that are going to be the most profitable to you with the least amount of equipment purchased in order to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you take an example like some of the things Leroy talked about from Pittsburgh Power, you know, is as simple as, you know, if you have their equipment and the remote tuning technology just to plug in where you go to an old school shop and they just automatically start throwing parts at it where you can plug in and Mm -hmm. you can take a look at something or a simple phone Mm -hmm. call to you guys and can eliminate Mm -hmm. so much wasted time and, and money. We agree. We, and and we're we're here with you. You don't have to wait uh, for the show to start uh, at noon on Thursdays to talk to us. You can call us here at 855-950-3835 and get a hold of us uh, during the show, and and we we love answering questions here. But we also answer the tech line all the time at uh, 515-967-5626. So if you ever have any problems, uh, if you're ever looking at a truck or it's your own truck, don't hesitate to give us a call. We can we can uh, tell you jokes and uh, uh, try to figure out the problem with you. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I have taken advantage of that in the past, and and Mike is. I've talked to you once, Kevin, and and I Mike on several occasions. In fact, just you know, a simple picture through a text message, uh, you yeah. know, of what I'm working on, and Mike, you know, y'all just jump right on it and give me the give me the answer and it's been really helpful i mean it's it's a it's a game changer when when you're working on a wheel hub assembly and you can get that information and uh you know 
it just made life a lot easier versus, you know, you can get lost on the forums online about different opinions on how, what the torque specs are on a, on a wheel end assembly, you know, and there's no, you know, you just get lost reading through those and trying to figure out and decipher what in the world am I supposed to torque this at when you or Mike can just right off the top of your head, oh, that needs to be, we just well, no sleeve, but ah, 300 pounds, you're good, you know, and it's, oh, okay, well, that's simple. So, and we well, like simple, simple boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I also recommend you look at our videos, whether it's on YouTube or on our website. They're they're very helpful in these areas also. Uh, so don't forget they're there, you or anybody else. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. You have yourself a good day. Drive safe out there. Right, and if you need you. if you need to start that alignment shop, uh, throw us a contact off the website, and we can uh, get you all the information you need. Okay, thank you. All right, all right you thank you. you. All right, uh, now here's one he had uh, tried to call in earlier, but got dropped. So he's talking about kingpins. Good morning, gentlemen. It's Heath again. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, so I uh, my. The thrust, is this the thrust bearing, is that what you call it in the kingpin? Yep, yep. Yeah, that's going out of my truck. So I ordered a kingpin kit. I'm going to tell you what it is, but I want you to tell me if I made a mistake or if I want to be doing more maintenance. Uh, but either way, it's going to be a learning experience. I bought the Stemco Kaiser kit. Is that a good kit? Bad kit? Am I going to be doing this? You love them? No, I don't. Yep, I love them. Okay, great. I'm... Yeah, it looks simple, and then uh, I was like, you know, let me try it, and then I was looking at all these other ones, and you know, ream them out, and I'm like, this looks so simple, And but uh, I'm glad I made that choice then, and I appreciate it. And then I'm also going to be going through all the wheel bearings, and uh, I'm actually going to put a dial indicator on. I'm going to use your specs. I'm going to see what the spec comes out to using your 40 foot-pounds. I'm going to see what it does. And then as far as inspecting hubs, um, other than the bearings, is there anything else? Can you check out rounds on the hub itself with the dial indicator? Um, what would you look for? The only thing I worry about in the hub is when you pop the races out, I assume you're going to replace the, the bearings and the races. You right? have to. I'm I'm actually not going to replace the on the drive axle. I'm not going to replace the, the races or bearings. They're just gonna they're just gonna get a um, a wheel bearing adjustment. Okay. Okay. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna pull the hub off in order to be able to look at the bearings then. Uh, on the drives, no. On the on the steers, yes, because I'm gonna pull the hubs off through the kingpins. All right. That's, that's right. fine. Then there's really nothing you can look at in the oil or anything that comes out of the hub on the drive because the contaminants may not be from the bearing. It could be from the, the gears. Right. Got so it. Looking at that oil really doesn't do you any good as far as the bearing goes. Okay? Right. Okay. So the end okay. play is really the only thing you need to be concerned about on yeah, the drive. Yeah, just going to go ahead and adjust it. And if you're going to set the dial in... Um, you have to have the wheels and the drums off when you're using the dial indicator. Okay? Right. Yep, I'm going to do that. And you have to pull the hub straight out and straight back in, not wiggle it up and down. Got it. Right. Okay? And then 
if you're just going to adjust it and you're not pulling it off, which means you're not replacing the grease seal, the dial indicator should be fairly accurate. What we found was if you put brand new oil seals in, mm-hmm. they were so tight that they would hide movement and you couldn't find it on the dial indicator. Oh, yeah, the new, new this is a kind of an improvement in the last uh, 15, 20 years. In the 90s, the, the seals were not nearly as rigid as they are now. Uh, and I think it was just a learning curve for them that it, was, it fails so much because of loose bearings. They had to do something to keep the oil from just dumping out. So th- they are stiffer. Okay. Now, I have not bought the front inner wheel seal. Do you have a brand recommendation or are they all about the same? Oh, it's been so many years since I've replaced one I couldn't even guess anymore. I used to like Federal Mogul a lot, but hell, it's been 15 years since I replaced a grease seal. I don't know what they're doing with them now. (laughs) I I, I don't have any bad reviews. No bad reviews. Okay. I'll see what my, uh, my shop has. I'm just taking it home doing my driveway. I'll see what they have. I'll put them in. Okay, there you go. Now, the only right. thing I look at in the steers when you pull it apart and you knock the seal out and you knock the races out, then I want to look inside the hub to make sure it doesn't look like the race has been turning in the hub. Okay. Okay. Right. As long as that hasn't been turning, then the next step I do is I throw the brand new races in the freezer and get a good... Oh, pull. make them easy to pop right in. Yes, and then when they warm up, they'll fit tight and everything will be good. Mm-hmm. Okay, with 850,000 miles, I'm going to have it apart. Would you recommend just throw a new bearings in? They don't think they're that expensive. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to pull it apart, put bearings and races in it, new seals in it, get the job done right. I, that's, now, I didn't even think of that. That's good advice. At that many miles, the next thing I learned to do is that the surface that the grease seal rotates on on the hub can get pitted and it may not seal up good so i take the blue rtv put a little white coating on my finger and wipe it on that surface so that it fills the little pits and i don't have as many leaks okay got it i appreciate the advice today thank you gentlemen not a problem buddy you have a good day you too bye-bye all right Let's uh let's see. We do have we have one more caller coming in and if uh let's see, I guess we got about fifteen minutes left here. If anybody else has any questions, our number here is eight five five nine five zero three eight three five. Um otherwise we're gonna end up with some kind of dirty joke or something and you know, you don't want that. So Steve is calling I don't know what he's actually calling about. This the screener is is pretty out there. Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello Mike and Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I got a, I'm a company driver. I just got into a 2022 Freightliner with 157,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody had already changed the front drive tires, put brand new meaty uh, aggressive tires on it. And on the rear... On, on the rear of the drives, it looks like it's the same factory tires, but they're cupping real bad on the inside from the outside mm-hmm. to, the, okay. to the edge. Now, 
Now both and, of them are drive real bad. And the rear yeah. drive axles, yeah. Right. They, they've got the lightweight drive axle. Now are you driving now or are you parked? I'm driving right now. Yeah. Okay, well if you put the cruise control on, you can climb out of the and, and and work your way back and you could look at the top of the differential and marked on the top will be either a nine point five or an eleven. Right. The odds are it's nine point five. That's the thin housing. Yeah, it's hard to see with the trailer in place. So you might want to disconnect the trailer for a second and then yeah, sort of pull it pull it yeah, forward it and either. hook it back up after okay. you see the number. Yeah, the airline right. should keep it connected to the yeah. tractor. Oh, yeah, hold on there for a while, yeah. And you can reel it back up. Okay. But the 9.5 thick housing, that's 9.5 millimeters thick, as you hit bumps in the road, the, the weight pushes down on the center of the axle, which pushes the bottom of the tire out a little bit, and when it comes back in and recovers, it chops the inside edge off the inside tire. That's probably why the front ones have already been replaced, because the front axle does this worse than the rear axle. Right. All right. Okay. I was wondering why okay. they were, why were they would be replaced? Yep. Now, should, I, should I, should I X rotate them? Would that help anything? Well, just... well, the problem that I'm worried about is how much difference in tread depth is there on these brand new front tires and these worn rear tires? Do you a have lot. a tread depth? A lot. A whole well, lot. Enough to where I'm getting a little bit of noise. Yes, there shouldn't be more than 15, 30 seconds difference. In other words, about a half, half an inch, inch of tread depth. Right. If there's That's more than a half inch difference in tread depth, then what I would do is I would take the two new tires that are on your left front wheel position, put them on the right rear, and move the ones okay. from the right rear to the right front so that left. the tall tires are all on the right side of the truck. Yep. That way, the two axles are rotating the same number of rotations per mile, and you'll protect the gears. Right. The gears we're worried uh, yeah, about. That should, yeah, that's the there. That, yeah. That noise, yeah, there's, that, there's that noise that I got. <laughs> I'm going to say this. <laughs> the spider gears uh, between the both sides of the axle are constantly uh, bathed in oil, but the, the gears between, uh, in the transaxle between the axles is at the top of the the, the pumpkin, and it, it's yeah. much harder to keep it cool. So you want to you don't want to stress that one out the same way that you stress it outside to side. All right. So I want to do like a, a half X rotation, just to correct. Yeah. The left front to the back, and the back to the front, and that'll put me one new set on the back and one new set on the front, so everything will run the same. Yep. Exactly. Okay, that's what I thought you had said one time. I just want to double check with you. Not a problem, buddy. No problem. And All I, right. had a golf, I had a golf question, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> golf question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there was this guy and his buddies were out golfing. Okay. Oh. And and it was on a Saturday, and they made it down to the third hole, which was right along the highway. And while they were working their way down the fairway, a funeral comes by. So this guy stops, walks to the edge of the fairway, puts his hand over his heart, and watches the funeral go by. Now, the other guys see this, so they kind of stop and, you know, kind of being respectful. They get down to the green, they finish the hole, and they walk into the next hole. And the guy says, well, that was really nice of you stopping for that funeral, you know. I mean, you, were, you weren't even 
you know, you know, off the highway and everything. He says, yeah, but I was married to her for 30 years. It was the least I could do. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, well, I'm away, Mike. I'm going to Des Moines on this load, so I'll be up there tomorrow. All righty, buddy. The weather? You have a good day. Uh, the weather is right. cold. Tomorrow it'll be nice, but don't okay. come. Sunday it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow it'll yeah, be nice. The rest of the week it's terrible. I want to get unloaded and turn and burn and go head south. Run. Yeah. Run south. Run south as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yep. You bet you. All right. All right. So now we're at uh, eh, maybe 10 minutes left. And yep. if anybody else has any more questions, they can call in at 855-950-3835 for your alignment, tire wear, and handling related questions hey, um, or golf or golf, I suppose. And, um, I guess the last thing I should say is we got, uh, oh, two piddling little beagles that are, that are, that are just fantastic in, in so many ways. And now they're in obedience school <laughs> and, uh, they're, they're learning to behave and it's, uh, it's, they're much, they're much different with the, uh, with the uh, training collar on than with the training collar up. I'll tell you what. Um, as soon as you take it off, they do whatever they want. <laughs> well, it, Frank took a little bit to realize that he could do whatever he wanted, but good God. <laughs> they're, 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 they're wonderful little arooing, baying, and howling uh, uh, menaces that uh, we've got in our lives. And it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Um, what do we got? We got just a few more minutes left and no calls, but uh, probably one more joke. You got anything, Mike? Oh, well, I've got a ton of them, but I don't know if you want to hear them. <laughs> do I want to hear them? Well, uh, I'm stuck right here with these headphones on. So, so our if, next uh, show, our next show, is on Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. It's important important to get that one right because you might have to do it over and over and over again. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We will (laughs) tell the same joke over and over next Thursday (laughs) until we get it right. Until we get it right. Okay. All right. Um, I can work on it. And the only way to prevent that is people have to call. People would have to call with the same questions over and over and over again <laughs> I don't until know we I get the that. answer right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I got a couple things that can definitely wait until next week. Um, other than that, I don't know that we have any grand news. You're you're home right now because you weren't feeling that well, but you sound great. Yeah, I'm okay until I get up and walk around. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure you're not blowing off work. <laughs> well, I could be doing that too. You could be. How would I know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you sound great. And uh, next week being Groundhog's Day is also one day before your birthday. So that'll be right. a happy birthday show too. Uh, happy birthday to me. <laughs> We'll do that next week. <laughs> we'll have cake. It'll be great. And we'll share cake with everybody who calls in. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can have a bite. 
Yeah. We don't mind. Not a problem. So a little incentive. And uh, I think that's a, I think that'll be about it for our show today. And we can yep. go, you can figure out what you're doing for lunch, and I'll be figuring out what I'm doing for lunch. Uh, Dottie's making tamale pie. Is she? I did not know that. Do you guys right. have tamale pie? Tomorrow pie coming in. All right. All right. Uh, everybody enjoy your time. Uh, thank you for all the calls. We look forward to hearing more of them next week. And we'll go ahead yep. and end the show here. Talk to you all later. All right. Bye.